Turn to the book of Numbers, chapter 12. I want to talk to you today about heal us now, O Lord. Beginning with Numbers, chapter 12 and verse 5. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. And he said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known unto him in a vision or will speak unto him in a dream. My servant Moses is not so, who is faithful in all mine house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches. And the similitude of the Lord shall he behold. Wherefore, then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? And the anger of the Lord was kindled against them, and he departed. And the cloud departed from off the tabernacle. And behold, Miriam became leprous, white as snow. And Aaron looked upon Miriam, and behold, she was leprous. And Aaron said unto Moses, Alas, my Lord, I beseech thee, lay not the sin upon us, wherein we have done foolishly, and wherein we have sinned. Let her not be as one dead, of whom the flesh is half consumed when he cometh out of his mother's womb. And Moses cried unto the Lord, saying, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out from the camp seven days, and after that let her be received in again. You may be seated. We're told in the Bible that Moses was the meekest man on the face of the earth. But he not only was the meekest man, he was the most powerful man on the face of the earth. He confronted who now becomes the second most powerful man, the head of the Egyptian empire, Pharaoh, and told him, God said, let my people go. So Moses is the meekest man, and yet he's the most powerful man on the face of the earth. God had chosen him. God had ordained him and called him to lead the people of Israel, the Jews, out of Egyptian bondage. Moses talked to God face to face. You can look it up later, just write it down. Exodus 33, verse 11. He talked with God face to face. He saw the similitude of God. Our text, verse 8 of Numbers 12. He talked with God mouth to mouth. Again, in verse 8 of Numbers chapter 12, our text. So Moses had a special relationship with God that nobody else had. He was chosen by God and ordained by God. Actually, God revealed himself to Moses at one point when Moses wanted to see the glory of God, he allowed Moses to get in the cleft of the rock and God passed by. And as he went by, he saw the hinder part. He could not see the full glory of God. He would have died had he beheld the full glory of God. And so God says he saw the similitude of God. Aaron and Miriam were jealous and envious of Moses and the special relationship with God and the fact that he was the most powerful man on the face of the earth and the fact that Israel looked to him and not to them. They were jealous. 
of his power. They wanted some of it for themselves. And so they attacked him. They used his wife, whom he had married, the Ethiopian, Sephora, and said, you, d you didn't do right by doing that. That was not the problem they had. The problem they really had was they were jealous and envious of the power that he had in the walk with God. Miriam was the sister to both Moses and Aaron. We have a family here. And Moses is the leader. And Aaron and Miriam are somewhat envious of the relationship. Jealousy provoked Miriam and Aaron to challenge the authority that he had. And in verse 2 of our text, Hath not the Lord also spoken by us? Hath not the Lord also spoken by us? You're not the only one who speaks for God. Also in verse 2, the Lord heard it. When we begin to complain, when we begin to make comments that are negative and not constructive and not uplifting and a blessing, God's listening in. The Lord heard what Miriam and Moses, Miriam and Aaron had to say. He hears our negative complaints about our nation about the kingdom of God, about spiritual leaders. You know, I shudder sometimes when I hear people talking about ministers, television preachers, radio preachers, uh, great evangelists or pastors of some churches. You know, the Bible says, touch not mine anointed and do my prophets no harm. And I shudder and I want to get a little distance between me and them in case lightning strikes. Because you and I are not judges. God didn't appoint us to be the kingdom uh, rulers where we make decisions about who's going to be successful and who America will listen to and who will not. And so we need to be cautious about criticizing ministers that God raised up and have unique ministers. The Lord heard it. He hears our complaints. In verse 5, the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud. The Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud. He comes right down into the midst of troubled circumstances. Then in verse 9, the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. Now then, God's upset. God's angry. Verse 9, the anger of the Lord was kindled against them. In verse 10, Miriam became leprous. This was serious. This was bad news. She became a leper. Aaron cried out. We have done foolishly. It's confession time. We have done foolishly. We have sinned in verse 11. Let her not be as one dead in verse 12. We've done foolishly. We have sinned. Don't let her be as one dead. It was a desperate cry from Aaron to Moses. Do something quick. Don't let this happen. So Moses did. He cried out. Moses cried out. Heal her now, O Lord. That's a, a great cry. Heal her now, O Lord. I have prayed this week that the presence of God would be so powerful in this service that people will be healed as I preach and during this service. So I want us to stop right now and pray that prayer. Heal us now, O Lord, everybody. Heal us now, O Lord. Come on and help me. Heal us now, O Lord. One more time. Heal us now, O Lord. Get ready because something good is going to happen to you this very day. 
Praise God. Give him glory and honor. Moses had compassion. He did not resent what they had said and done. He decided to have compassion and mercy. A spiritual leader is to have a tough skin, as tough as a rhinoceros or an elephant. I mean, we're supposed to be as gentle as a lamb, but we have a tough side also where we can take uh, the, the, the barbs and the criticisms. And so he had compassion. Look at verse 13. Moses cried unto the Lord, Heal her now, O God, I beseech thee. And Moses said unto the, the Lord said unto Moses, If her father had but spit in her face, should she not be ashamed seven days? Let her be shut out of the camp seven days, and after that, let her be received in again. To become a leper was not just a light thing. You had to be out of the camp. You could not be with your family. You could not be with your children. You couldn't pick up your grandchild. You could not go to the marketplace. If you were anywhere near other people, oftentimes a leper would have to ring a little bell and cry unclean, unclean. Sometimes they had to wear a mask over their face to keep from breathing on other people. And they were marked. It was miserable. It was lonely. You had to spend your time outside of the camp. Inside of the camp is where the glory of God appeared. Inside of the camp is where the priest ministered to the people. Inside of the camp is where fellowship took place where family things took place. Outside of the camp, it's lonely. It's miserable. It's dreaded because there's no hope for things getting better. Leprosy was considered to be incurable. There was no known cure for leprosy in those days. And so then it was a serious thing when she became leprous, was white as snow. Moses is an example when he prayed that prayer. Heal her now, O Lord. He's an example of forgiving those who have offended us. Hold on, watch out, it's coming again. Last Sunday night, I preached a message that many have told me that it's the most powerful sermon that I've preached since they've ever heard me preach. Well, I, I really didn't feel that way about it. I didn't think it was a great sermon. But nevertheless, part of the sermon had to do with forgiveness. And there are people, I'm sure, under the sound of my voice, watching by television, listening by radio, are seated in this congregation today that unforgiveness is a problem in your life. There are grudges, there are things that have taken place that you will not forgive. You still are carrying a, a, a load that is too heavy for you to bear. And you need to get rid of it. You need to confess it to God and you need to ask people to forgive you and you need to make it right with the Lord. Sometimes that's not a practical thing to do because if the people don't know they've been offended, you might stir up more trouble than you'll ever resolve. And so you just have to get forgiveness from God. But don't have unforgiveness in your heart towards anybody. Amen. Don't carry grudges. Just say it to yourself, I am going to forgive if it kills me. And it might, it might kill you but you need to forgive. We're carrying a heavy load and it'll be lighter when we get rid of it. Moses prayed for healing in spite of the rebellion and the sin and the criticism of himself and of his leadership. He prayed for their healing. 
The Bible teaches us to pray for those who despitefully use us. And we're not to return evil for evil, but do, do good for evil. And when we do that, my friends, God will certainly honor that principle. And when we have a forgiving heart and a forgiving spirit, then God will forgive us. If we don't, then God will not forgive us. Jesus healed a man who was demon-possessed. He didn't deserve anything. He, was, he didn't go to church. He lived in the tombs. They put chains on him. He'd break the chains by that demonic power. He was naked. He lived by himself. It was lonely. And he, he was a furious man, an angry man. And Jesus drove the demons out of him and restored his sanity. And he came fully clothed and could live among the people once again. This man didn't have faith. This man hadn't done anything in life to deserve healing. He hadn't listened to any tapes. He hadn't been to any seminars. He was not in the Sunday morning service where they anoint you with oil, but Jesus healed him out there on the mountainside. Many times multitudes came to Jesus and he healed everyone that was sick among them. They came and they brought their sick and laid them at his feet and he healed them. They didn't have a background of going to church. They didn't have a background of being saved and following the teachings of Jesus. Oftentimes, if you and I were God, we would withhold healing from people because we feel they don't deserve it. They're not worthy of it. They haven't done the same things that we've done. And we begin to feel quite self-righteous about our life and we wonder why we have a headache. Hmm. My, my, my. <laughs> Many sinners were healed. And today I see people receive healing that I wonder why God does it. Because I know good and well that if I was God, I would be finding a more worthy person. I'm glad that I don't have that responsibility. Moses was an intercessor. He was not just a judge. He was an intercessor. Can we today become intercessors? Can we today manifest compassion and love and forgiveness and kindness? We've been called and we call ourselves a, a church that is a house of mercy. That was forcibly brought into my heart and mind when we were across the hall in the old sanctuary before we moved into this new facility. A house of mercy. It means that we are to welcome everyone regardless of race, regardless of their plight, regardless of their background and their record. It doesn't matter. God loves them. Jesus died for them. And they're welcome to become part of the body of Christ and the attenders and worshipers and members of this church. Aaron made a desperate cry to Moses and Moses made a desperate crying to God. Heal her now, O God. Let's pray that prayer again. Heal us now, O God. Heal us now, O God. One more time. Heal us now, O God. There was no known cure for the disease that she had. Your need may be so desperate that you don't know that there's a way out. You've already reached up and you couldn't even touch bottom. You need a miracle. You could die of what you have. You could die in the state of discontent and bitterness and strife that you find yourself in. You could lose your marriage and lose your home and family. 
You may have already lost your job and you may feel like there's just not any hope for me. Suicidal thoughts could have come into your mind. I've counseled and prayed with people by phone and in person who had reached the end when they felt like there was no hope and a desperate cry for help brought them to my office and I prayed with them and their people seated in this room today that their marriage was saved, their job was saved, their health has been preserved and their life has been changed because of the miracle power of God. I want you to understand that God saw the leprosy and he heard the prayer of Moses and I believe God hears the prayer of this church as we proclaim ourselves to be a house of mercy and people walking in these doors off the streets. It doesn't matter who they are, what color their skin is, what their background is. I believe that God hears that desperate cry for a desperate circumstance. Heal us now, O God. You know, we are sinners saved by grace. But for the grace of God, there go I out there away from God and dissipated and down on myself even. What is your desperate need today? Think about it and proclaim that this will be the day that the miracle power of God is released in your life as you send up a desperate cry from a desperate heart and God will hear you. Sometimes young people have to get to a place where they will appreciate their parents that they've turned against and now they won't speak to, they won't take advice, they won't take counsel. And down the road of life, they'll think those were the wisest people, the smartest people on the face of this earth. Everything they've said has come to pass. But I want you to know parents are like the prodigal son's father. They're not waiting for you to pay the price. They're not waiting for you to just uh, blow everything to smithereens. They're waiting with open arms for you to come home and say, I really want to restore our relationship. I want to be reconciled. I want once again to be part of the family. And that will be the case. And God is waiting. He wants to help you. He wants to lift you out of the quagmire of sin. He wants to lift you up to a place where it's a higher plane and a level of living that you will enjoy and the peace of God will be your portion. Your need is desperate. You don't know where to turn to. You know that you've turned to different people and they didn't come up with the right answers. If you're in trouble with the law, if you're in trouble on your job, if you're in trouble on, in your marriage, I prayed with people this week whose marriage is in trouble, but I believe in the power of prayer and I believe in God's power. I look across this room again and I'll say this because I know that some of you were on the verge of divorce and some have been divorced and I helped to remarry them and bring them back together and to have reconciliation. So it, even, it was not too late for them to find peace with God and peace with each other. Our nation needs a miracle today. We're deeply divided, as I said last Sunday, but we need a miracle. Terrorism has not gone away. It is not less of a threat than it has been. It's still a powerful threat. God promised Israel, he said, if you'll trust me, I'll show myself strong. I believe he gives that same promise to the nation of the United States. Thus saith the Lord, thy bruise is incurable. Thy wound is grievous. There's none to plead thy cause that thou mayest be born, bound up. Thou hast no healing medicines. The politicians will not find an answer. The news media certainly will not find an answer. 
But here it is in verse 17 of Jeremiah chapter 30. I will restore health unto thee. That is the hope that America has, that God will restore, that God will revive, that God will forgive, that he'll bring healing in the land. In 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14, he told us, if my people will humble themselves, if they pray, if they seek my face, if they turn from their wicked ways, I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. America needs a healing in the land. We need a healing so that once again, we can be proud of this great nation. I'm not ashamed to be called an American. I'm not ashamed of the United States. I'm ashamed of some of the things that go on here, but I'm not ashamed to be called an American. Not ashamed to be called a Christian. I'm not ashamed of Jesus Christ. A long time before 9-11, 2001, there were hostages taken in 1979 in the embassy in Iran. In 1983, in the embassy at Beirut. Again in 1983, the Marine barracks, death and carnage in Beirut. In 1988, in Lockerbie, Scotland, the Pan Am flight to New York, blown out of the skies. In 1993, Bahrain's Saudi Arabia, the military complex blown up. In 1998, in Tanzania, the U.S. Embassy bombed. In the year 2000, the USS Cole bombed and our sailors lost their lives. In 2001, the New York World Trade Center bombed. Well, on and on and on it goes. And this terrorism is not about to retreat or give up. The terrorists believe that we're Satanists, that we're the world's worst enemy, and they would like to destroy everyone. They hate our wealth, they hate our success, they hate our Christianity, and they have no love for our system of believing. And so today, America has a formidable enemy that only God can help us find a way to meet that crisis and we need to seek the face of God. We can't leave it just into the hands of men. In Leviticus chapter 26, God said, I will set my tabernacle among you and you, you, my soul will not abhor you. I will walk among you and I will be your God. Outside the camp, the glory of God did not appear. It was inside the camp. It was at the tabernacle or the temple. It was not outside. And we come into the place of uh, peace with God and into the relationship with God. We will see God's glory manifest once again. Healing is God's delight. Jesus went everywhere healing the sick. God anointed him with the Holy Ghost and he went about healing the sick. He called 12 disciples and gave them power to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out devils. And he said, freely you have received, freely give. I want to say that to the church. What we have was given to us freely. We must share it. We must freely give. We must give out a message of healing, a message of forgiveness, a message of reconciliation, a message of thanksgiving. Jesus himself said that he was anointed to preach the gospel and to heal the brokenhearted. 
I believe that our mission is that of Christ, as I preached a few weeks ago, to continue to do the things that Jesus began both to do and to teach. We must finish his work. Will you bow your head for prayer? In the next few moments, we'll ask our singers to lead us in that chorus. Something good is going to happen to you. And I believe that a wave of healing power is going to come over this congregation. And right here, as you're seated, you're going to receive a miracle. Get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Jacksonville and he was praying this church was praying and his mother he believed he was he wouldn't come back until she was buried because the prognosis was that she's not going to live today she's seated in this congregation Ken I'd like for your mother to stand and lift her hands over this congregation and pray for everybody that has kidney problems just lift your hands over the congregation, folks, and receive your healing. Rental failure, certain death, hospice called in, today totally healed. In the name of Jesus, receive your healing. As our dear sister lifts her hands over this congregation. Heal us now, O Lord. Heal us now, O Lord. Heal us now. name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus we've had several people who were diagnosed with having a lump or a nodule or something a mass and further tests revealed it was gone absolutely completely gone I want everybody that has been diagnosed or you suspect that there is something there that could be cancerous I want you to receive your healing as we are waiting in his presence here heal us now O Lord heal us now O Lord heal us now no cancer no cancer in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus name of Jesus in the name of Jesus